0: What's up, fans, and welcome in to the Thursday, October the 18th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we're talking Dolphins and Lions, opportunities, concerns, injuries, and everything you need to know to get you ready for Sunday's game. Plus, Brock Osweiler named the starter with Ryan Tannehill back on the shelf. We'll discuss the potentially grim future of the Dolphins quarterback situation and lock it up and predict this game. But first, before any of that, I remind you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Those reviews and ratings and subscriptions help us get up the iTunes chart, helps us get out to more Dolphins, and it really helps me and the podcast for this thing to continue going. So if you're a fan, please do all three of those. Also, follow me on Twitter at Winkful NFL Follow the show at LockedOnFins. And check out the number one blog in the Locked On network, LockedOnDolphins.com. The written game preview up there right now as well as all your post-game analysis up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast kicking off their season last night, and the Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And it is Thursday, which means we have a Wednesday practice and injury report to go over. Let's go ahead and do that right now with Jim Mandich, the Mad Dog. All right! And the Dolphins are getting healthy. It's weird to say that in the midst of the quarterback issue going on right now with Ryan Tannehill, which we're going to cover here in a minute. But the Dolphins had a really good list of players back in practice, Charles Harris and Jonathan Wooder, the two defensive ends, are the only ones that did not practice at all. Ryan Tannehill was limited, although he did not throw the ball at all, so I don't really know if I'd call it that. Cameron Wake was limited. Bobby McCain limited. Andre Branch and Danny Amendola. Everybody else was a full go on practice, despite a lengthy practice report up there. But it sounds like Bobby McCain and Cameron Wake are going to be back for this game on Sunday. A huge boost to a Dolphins defense that really needs the reinforcements. As far as the Lions go, Theo Riddick did not practice with a knee injury, but they also had a couple of players that were limited. Michael Roberts, the tight end, TJ Lang, the guard, and Zeke Onsaw, the defensive end. We had Eli Harold, On Johnson, Tease Tabor, and Tavon Wilson, a bunch of starters there that were all a full go in practice. So the Dolphins catch the Lions at a pretty healthy time as well. But so were the Bears last week. So we'll see how that goes. We'll preview this game here in just a minute. Let's talk first about the quarterbacks. That's another Miami So like I mentioned, as the Dolphins are getting healthy, they lose their starting quarterback for another week. And I think we're right back in a pretty similar situation where we have to lead the podcast off talking about the quarterback because the future is now in quite a bit of doubt with Ryan Tannehill and otherwise. And here are some facts for you regarding Ryan Tannehill's future from a contract standpoint. If he's on the roster in 2019, he makes $26.6 million. That's getting pretty damn close to the top-shelf quarterback money in the league. Cutting him would accrue a $13 million cap hit. They bailed on Ndamukong with similar numbers, and if this injury is lengthy, I don't see how he's not a goner for Adam Gaze coming back in year number four with Gaze without really having the quarterback position, the most important position, the position that Adam Gaze works the closest with and the best with, and the reason he's here To not have that position stable, I just don't see how you do it. And I'm sorry. I've supported the guy. I like the guy. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a really good player when he's healthy but the last thing his career could afford was the dreaded medical risk tag, and that's what he is now. He's a medical risk. Once Sunday comes and goes, he will have missed 21 of the team's last 26 games if you include the postseason game up in Pittsburgh. And I think Gaze's press conference on Sunday was very telling of his own frustration level with the quarterback's availability. I think he might've hit his breaking point With Ryan Tannehill as we continue to hear it's more about generating strength in that shoulder and getting the range of motion back and ready to go which sounds like it might be a minute before that actually happens and that shoulder does get back to full strength. Gaze has made it a point to say he's not going to play Ryan Tannehill unless he has him capable of making every throw in the playbook without limitation and Gaze will always support his players and protect them from the media which I believe he has done for a long time now with Tannehill but you're absolutely crazy if you think he'll attach his job security which at the moment to me is very safe if he'll attach his job security to a quarterback that you can't trust to stay healthy and it sucks to say that when you consider that Ryan Tannehill started the first 77 games of his career But that's the unfortunate reality and gravity of this situation. He might return. I don't know. The whole thing seems really wonky and really odd and it kind of reminds me of the original knee injury, the way it's being discussed with the stem cell research and all that stuff that went into that back in 2016. It just seems familiar to me. I'm not saying it is. That's just the feeling I get from Adam Gaze and the way the team has approached this thing Is they are actually now under investigation from the NFL for their handling of that injury report and how Ryan Tannehill was listed on said injury report throughout the week last week. I personally just don't see a way Tannehill makes it back onto the field for a team that has hope this year and what I mean by that is if Miami wins these coming games, why would you pull Osweiler? You have to assume that he has the offense cranking better than it was with Tannehill early on and I know Gates has said over and over again, if Tannehill's back, he's the starter and I agree he should be But if the offense is cranking and rolling with Osweiler, you can't take him out of the lineup. And if they lose, then who gives a shit? The season is over and we pack things up in December like we have done so many times in the past. So here we are approaching that infamous quarterback wheel and we might be jumping back on it after seven years on the Tannehill train. So what do we do? The one veteran out there that I think makes sense for this team is Teddy Bridgewater. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but he'll be a free agent. He'll surely want a starting gig in 2019. I think that could afford Miami some time while they do search for a quarterback. And I want them to approach this quarterback situation the way the Eagles did in 2016, the way the Seahawks did in 2012, the way the Bears did last year, the way the Jets did this year. Sign a veteran, draft a rookie, throw resources at this position until you find a viable option. And maybe buy yourself some time to wait for that awesome looking quarterback class in 2020, which is far superior to this 2019 class coming up this year. But that doesn't mean they won't find a guy in this class that they like. And I believe that Adam Gaze will ultimately select his guy within the next two years. And then his job security will be attached to that quarterback, no longer Ryan Tannehill. As for the bridge quarterback to get to that rookie, who really knows? It could be Tannehill. It could be Teddy. It could be Brock. It could be someone else. And we just won't know until the season concludes. But enough of the future talk. We have a game to preview. And we'll do that next on the podcast here. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. And since Adam Gaze was hired in Miami, the Dolphins are 14-5 and 5 at Hard Rock Stadium, and you can go see the team at Hard Rock Stadium with VividSeats.com. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band or being there in the crowd to cheer on our Miami Dolphins. And with Vivid Seats, you can attend that concert or the show of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code locked on for 20 bucks off that order of $200 or more for new Vivid Seats customers and make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event rolling into the game preview section of the Thursday, October the 18th podcast here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We're going to break down the Dolphins offense and defense up against those Detroit Lions, but first we got to talk about Brock Osweiler, Dolphins new starting quarterback for this Sunday as Ryan Tannehill is officially announced as out, but Brock went to the press conference on Wednesday with a big smile on his face and a bit of excitement in regards to having a chance to start in the league again and one of the reporters asked him about Adam gaze and kind of the the opportunity to play for Adam Gaze since he never really got that chance back in Denver. And I think a lot of this has to do with his mental aptitude we saw in the game on Sunday and command of the huddle and everything we saw that really was the best part about the Dolphins' offense in that game post-Ryan Tannehill with what we saw earlier in the year. And we're going to break down Brock's mental aptitude on the third segment of this podcast. But I want to play this sound for you guys. when One of the reporters mentioned that Osweiler told Gaze on Sunday that he was in the backup role or on the bench with the earpiece in his ear for 58 games that Adam Gase called and how he finally got a chance to play one of those games. And here is Brock's answer. You know, it's something that uh, I've been wanting for a lot of years. Um, you know, I, I talked quite a bit on Sunday about how much, you know, I believe in Coach Gase and, and um, his system and, and who he is as a person and a coach. And, you know, I saw that firsthand for a lot of years in Denver. And, you um, you know, I saw what it's like to be able to play quarterback for a coach like that. And as a quarterback, that's that's the guy you want to play for. So to be able to go out there on Sunday and have him in my ear the whole time and, and working to get there on the sideline, um, it was really cool, a lot, a lot of fun. You did a lot of waiting, I guess. A lot of waiting. I, I heard a lot of play calls come in uh, through that earpiece. Uh, that weren't weren't coming in for me. Um, so we're gonna so. talk about Brock and what he means to this offense from that mental standpoint on the next segment. Like I said, but but first, let's just go ahead and talk about this game in general and how the Dolphins can find a way to win it. As the Lions come to town as two-and-a-half-point favorites despite not having won a game on the road this season. And the Dolphins are 3-0 at home this year at Hard Rock Stadium. And the genuine personality of Brock Osweiler, you hope that it kind of grabs hold of this offense and continues to progress in a positive manner. Will it? I don't know. We'll see. But I think this week is a good opportunity for it to continue to roll on that direction. The Lions really are weak up front in that front seven. They miss a lot of tackles. They don't defend the run. They're thin on bodies, and we know how that works down in the hot box in Miami. I just think that the lack of playmakers and personnel guys up front are going to make it very difficult for the Lions to defend the Dolphins' running game, as well as deal with play action off that running game, which was very sharp on Sunday against the Bears. Lions linebacker Gerard Davis has missed six tackles this year. Up front, Ashawn Robinson and Deshaun Hand have missed their share of tackles. They really don't have many guys beyond one or two in each group, except for maybe the secondary where Quandre Diggs and Darius Slay and Glover Quinn all play good ball. But even then, depth is an issue. They don't have a lot of their guys back there in terms of depth with nickel cornerbacks, the depth in the secondary, the depth up front. I just think the Dolphins, with how many multiple options they have on offense, could continue this ride and exploit that Lions defensive especially in the ground game, especially with Kenyon Drake. I just really think that Drake is going to have himself a rebound after that really devastating fumble he had on Sunday. And the way he responded, I think that dude's going to be hungry. You actually turn on one of the Albert Wilson touchdowns and Drake loses his mind with a bunch of emotion and excitement for Albert Wilson on that play. As far as the Lions offense, they're going to have to find a way to take care of these running backs, Carryon Johnson, Theo Riddick, and LeGarrette Blount. Carryon Johnson's a load. He's tough to bring down. He's a smart, decisive runner, and he has been by far their best runner this year. But for whatever reason, the Lions continue to roll with a three-headed monster in that backfield and rotate carries. Other skill positions for the Lions, the Dolphins are going to have to tackle and cover well. I think there's going to be a lot of man-on-man matchups on the outside with Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, and Marvin Jones. The Dolphins' three corners, Amika Fitzpatrick, Bobby McCain, and Xavier Howard. That's the matchup of the day Golden Tate is 14th in the NFL on yards per route run. Kenny Galladay is 20th. Galde is the big play threat. Golden Tate's basically their version of Albert Wilson. And fortunately, the tight end position hasn't provided a lot of bite for the Lions in either aspect of the game. The offensive line's good in pass pro. They have struggled to get space on the running game. The tackles have been good. The interior, not so much. I expect Miami to throw a lot of those A-gap blitzes at the Lions the way they did against the Bengals and Andy Dalton because Stafford's throwing against pressure is the 23rd ranked quarterback in the NFL as far as passer rating goes. And those guys have struggled, especially rookie guard Frank Ragno in the middle has had his struggle. So for this Dolphins team to come away with a win, they're going to have to maintain their balance on offense. They're going to have to tackle well. They're going to have to get the ground game going. They're going to have to win the one-on-ones and hopefully the defense is healthy and back like we thought it would. And the last time the Dolphins started five and two was 2003. And if they get this one, that sets up a very, very fun week and an exciting opportunity in prime time as the Brock goes back to Houston with a chance to get his team to six and two. I know it's hard to believe it's a possibility, but as we sit here today, it is a possibility. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. We gotta pick this Lions game. We gotta lock it up, and we'll do all that next. But first, a word from Swap.com. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes why do we buy new kids' clothes if they are just going to outgrow them? Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. And with Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price of your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J.Crew, Gap, and much, much more. They have quality hand-inspected items added every single day. And if something doesn't fit, you can enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. As a special offer for our listeners, you can get 35% off select items with your first order when using promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON, to get 35% off your first order. You can find new deals every day on swap.com's homepage. That's swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. We are a little over 72 hours away from game time on Sunday, and we're going to pick this game as well as lock it up. But first, I want to get back to the quarterback, Brock Osweiler, and talk about those 58 games he mentioned in Denver, where he spent time as the earpiece slash communicator for Peyton Manning when Adam Gase called all those games. So it's reasonable to assume that Brock Osweiler is really further advanced in this offense, than Ryan Tannehill is. And the mental aspect of the game, I think, showed on Sunday the way the ball came out quickly, the way he commanded respect and the team's attention in the huddle, and the way they improved their third down offense so dramatically compared to what it was in previous games. They had their highest first down conversion rate out of all dropbacks by Brock Osweiler. They had by far their best third down conversion rate, and the air yards per throw was the second lowest of the season. So the game plan, I think, certainly changed with Osweiler. I just don't really think we're going to see a severe regression from what we saw in that game on Sunday. Sure, he's going to have those throws that make you kind of cringe and say, oh man, why'd you throw that? Or why isn't your arm better? Why can't you drive that ball to the perimeter? And he's going to have some turnovers. It's going to happen for this guy. That's who he is physically, not the most elite quarterback. But if he can make things happen with his mind and manage the game, this team's good enough to win games with Osweiler. At least you hope. I know backup quarterbacks typically struggle in game two. But I think he really has this offense down pat. I think he does. And that's why I'm bullish or I guess optimistic or maybe just hopeful that Brock Osweiler can get it done. All right, guys, it's Thursday. It's getting close to the end of the podcast. And you know what time that means it is. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And what we're locking up on Sunday is the Dolphins' running attack. I think this Lions team is prime for picking in the running game with that thin defensive line, that thin thin front seven, easy for me to say, and the Dolphins re- Invigoration of the running game and rediscovery of the running game last week with Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. And that's why this week I'm locking up a 200 yard rushing outfit from the Miami Dolphins, whether it's Gore, whether it's Drake, whether it's the receivers getting jet sweeps and end around carries. I think Miami goes ham in the running game in this one, over 200 yards rushing and that's why the Miami Dolphins improved to 5 and 2 with a 26 to 20 victory over the Detroit Lions at home Miami improves to 4-0 at Hard Rock Stadium or I guess Hard Brock Stadium now we should say Despite the fact that the Lions are off a bye, teams off a bye this year are actually just 1-3. and Despite the fact that the Dolphins have the emotional letdown aspect of this game could creep in, I think the matchups favor the Dolphins. I think playing at home in Miami is absolutely tough for the opposing team. I think going to a 90-degree game after spending all week practicing in 45, 50-degree weather out in Detroit has a big impact. I think this team crumbles in the fourth quarter. I think the Dolphins are better coached. That's why I think Miami gets this win despite the backup quarterback and moves on to 5-2, and and speaking of Hard Brock Stadium or Brock Lobster or Brocktober, on tomorrow's podcast, we are going to nail down a permanent nickname for Brock Osweiler, at least while this fun party continues. We'll have plenty of options. I'll ask you guys for your opinions on Twitter, as well as a Twitter mailbag. But as for this Thursday preview podcast, that's going to be my time today, guys. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.